What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. Marcus just woke up. I didn't get a chance to introduce you yet. I was looking at football cards. That's all right. Yeah, I could tell you you're muted, and I didn't even get to say at Marcus Center Square. I can't even say it now. I'm screwed up. See, I'm all all throwing off my game. You know, Here's your card. Can you see that one? Let me see. Yes, I can, but I can't say it without saying cleanly at Marcus underscore Mosher. Thank you. I had a recall caught in my back of my molar. I don't know what my throat has been bothering me for like four weeks. We don't know if it's like acid reflux or what it is. And so partially so I don't sound absolutely awful with you guys. I pop in a recall simply because i bought this very average cough drop i bought a package of them so i'm going to use them until i get to a better brand halls i keep aiming for that uh that halls money that halls big money there you go you feel about that so that what what uh card set was that herman moore uh that was the 1992 fleer set okay i don't have that set but fleer started making cards in 90 and uh they were okay they were they started making football cards now they made baseball cards law in the 80s and what they used to do is because they were in philadelphia they would shoot like all the national league teams basically when they played at veteran stadium mm-hmm. so you'd get all these cards with the same backdrop in the national league but herman moore in 91 marcus i don't think he had had a big year yet i think 91 was actually herman moore's rookie year uh, yeah. So let, let's see the stats. I'm going to go very light on the stats here for Herman Moore, 91. Very light. I'm going to go. What? Oh, there I he is. The, I was showing the card. That's a sweet card. Actually, they're probably playing right there. What stadium would that be? It kind of looks like Tampa Bay Stadium with that like pewter orange. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go 30 catches for Herman Moore, 91. Uh, 11 about catches. 400. Yeah, yeah go ahead. only 11 catches, 135 yards, uh, zero touchdowns. So, yeah. And that was, was that his rookie year, 91? Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. They threw to another young receiver a lot that year that they thought was going to be good named Willie Green. But the 91 Lions made it all the way to the NFC Championship game. How about that? Only playoff victory for the Detroit Lions since 1957. Came in 1991. I think that's one of the most remarkable stretches in sports. One playoff win since 1957. Yeah, that's rough. That's a. Do you know who it came against? Dallas Cowboys. That's correct. They, they they not only beat the crap out of them in the playoffs, they beat the crap out of Dallas in the regular season that year too. Dallas always had a hard time playing in Detroit. It was a difficult deal, but more importantly, we've got a couple things here on the immediate horizon. Number one. We're going to go over the biggest question mark for each of the 32 teams heading into preseason. And then real quickly, I'd like to talk about Marcus's uh, innate love for musicals. So what did you buy on Blu-ray with Zac Efron with the shirt off? I forgot uh, the, you told the, me a second Well, ago. he didn't have a shirt off in this one, but it's Hairspray. It was uh, like from a 2008 movie. Got it Got it for uh, my sister for Christmas. Uh, and yeah, we enjoyed it. Watched it on Christmas Day. Nice air quotes. Nice air quotes on <laughs> my sister. Yeah, so... I tried to watch Slim Is. I got through like five minutes of it. They were in like a rough patch neighborhood or something, like in obviously in the time frame they're playing. Yes. And was it Anne Hathaway? Her hair's all cut off. Yep. 
It's a and very emotional scene you're talking about right Hugh, there. Yeah. Hugh Jackman singing to her. And I just couldn't get into it. And we talked about this because Olivia Newton John passed away. And we both seen Grease. And I actually liked Grease. I don't like musicals, not because I'm some kind of tough guy. I just never really, I like to hear my dialogue, not have it sung to me. Um, but you don't Greece like spontaneous an, singing and dancing? Not really. Okay. I, I like dancing as long as it's not like, you know, I don't know, Shakira with 50 backup dancers at the Super Bowl. I mean, I like good dance. I don't like the like one performer with, again, 50 people all doing the same hip hop move behind her. I think it's like so overblown. And then when like the NFL hires extras to dance around on the field, and you know, no, well, anyway, I could go on and on about this, <clears throat> but like individual dance and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm down with it. I thought, um, well, we don't need my dance opinions. I mean, I, my I mean, musical you, opinions. I was going to let you go. You are, you are on a roll there. I do. I like dance. I just don't care for okay. like what it, what, it, what we see in shows when it's like 40 backup dancers. It's just distracting to me. Um, Does I don't that know. mean like you don't like like Frozen and Moana and all that? Because those are all technically musicals. I haven't even seen them. I haven't even seen them. I saw Sound of Music many times when I was young, but Sound of Music did not have, uh, now I'm forgetting her name. Oh, gosh. Great actress. Great performer. Oh my gosh, she was in the movie 10. Uh, she played Dudley Moore's wife. Oh my gosh, I cannot think of her name. Anyway, um, she didn't have 50 backup dancers when she was like dancing on the hillsides in Sound of Music. Uh, her name will come to me in a minute. I know it will. Julie so anyway, Andrews. Julie Andrews, you just looked it up. Yes. I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was great as Dudley Moore's wife in 10. If you've never seen 10, it's the Can greatest. We please get the football stuff. No, please. it's the greatest movie about <laughs> menopause ever. Listen, I listened to a football. I said, listen, listen. I listened to a football podcast the other day and the host kept talking about himself the whole time. I'd rather have listened to his opinion on musicals. You know, I'm like, come on, man. Like, are you done celebrating and promoting yourself? My gosh. Sorry. Okay. So, Marcus, I see the Cowboys are first on our rundown. And I know what we wanted to talk about, which was their biggest question mark. Will the defense have to carry the offense early in the year? But hey, Brett Maher may be the new question mark. Is the kicking game a bigger question mark than the one we picked when we talked about this? I mean, it's a pretty big one. I mean, they, the Cowboys have not had a good kicker since Dan Bailey. They lost a bunch of close games last year because of a bad kicker. I think it's a pretty big question mark entering the season. Yeah, but the Cowboys, we did discuss <clears throat> when Marcus and I were on the phone, we actually went over these together and and we talked about will the defense have to carry the offense? And I think it's a real concern for this football team, especially with their wide receiver core. Of course, as I've told you guys all before, if you want to do a deeper dive on the Cowboys, check out Marcus's podcast, Locked on Cowboys with Landon McCool. Let's go to the Giants. Now, the NFC East is really kind of our quarterback division. And Daniel Jones, I think, has to be the biggest question mark for the Giants. Yeah, and I'm worried about his velocity a little bit. He had that neck surgery a couple of years ago, and the reports out of camp are that he's not, he doesn't have a lot of zip on his ball. So uh, I'm worried about him entering the season. Yeah, you got a new coach, you've got a quarterback who's ailing a little bit, and they're not particularly strong at the skill positions. Although I saw some footage of Saquon running, and he looked good, man. He looked real good, but you know. It's training camp. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, another quarterback question. Jalen Hurts. Marcus, I haven't heard a lot of posit positivity out of Eagles camp about Jalen Hurts throwing the football. Yeah, and I think he's a fine starter. It's just 
they need him to be better than that if they want to win the division and go deep into the playoffs. So can he make that leap in year three? We'll see. With Washington, same deal, Carson Wentz. And you talk about not hearing positivity. I've heard he's been very inaccurate in camp. I'm not, again, it's camp stuff. But, you know, the tail end of the season weren't good. wasn't good. Obviously, the last week of the season wasn't good. His departure wasn't good. And now he doesn't look good in camp. What do you make of this? Yeah, it's just what version of Carson Wentz are the commanders getting? Because what we saw early in the year for the Colts wasn't bad. If he can just kind of be a game manager, take care of the football, I think Washington will be fine. But if it's like what we saw in the final two weeks where he's actively hurting you every time he drops back to throw, Washington's going to be looking for another starting quarterback next year again. You know, I just read a book that my mom bought me. I didn't think I would like it. I ended up loving it. It was William Shatner's movie memories about the Star Trek movies. And I feel like the way he talks is already kind of infiltrating me because I couldn't just say, hey, what do you make of this? I had to do it like Shatner does it. What is, you know, what do you make yep. of this? All right, Green Bay Packers. Uh, how do they replace Devontae Adams? I know Alan Lazard is supposed to be the guy for them, but... I, I don't know that you can just plug and play anybody with Aaron Rodgers, and that has not proven to necessarily always be true with him. When he has been missing some of his key players, their offense has struggled. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. The difference is, is that going to be good enough to get past the divisional round of the playoffs? Because I think they'll win the division. I think they'll win 11, 12 games. It's just when it's a third and seven against the Rams in the NFC Championship game, who does Rodgers trust? I don't know. Right. I remember 2015, they brought James Jones back. That's when he brought the hoodie under the uni yeah. uh, into yep. the league. I love James. I, I played with JJ or didn't play with him, but I uh, announced with him and uh good dude. But they had a hard time that year in 2016. Their receivers were hurt. They played Atlanta in the NFC championship game. And they couldn't get anything done. Smoked. Yep. So there you go. Chicago Bears. I'm worried about them getting smoked a lot this year. Uh, now, one of their best players uh, wants to get traded you think their offensive line, though, is the biggest question. I think it's how's the defense going to be in year one, especially if yep. they lose some of their best personnel. Yeah, Roquan Smith uh, requested a trade on Tuesday morning. We'll see what happens there. I've got a feeling the Bears are going to hold on to him. But, yeah, that that front seven, um, one of the worst in the NFL. They've got Robert Quinn, but the other pass rushers, defensive tackles are not very good. I think this could be among the worst defenses in the league. Apparently, the issue there is not just money, but de-escalators at the back end of his contract. Yeah. And he even made the statement that this contract wouldn't only hurt him, it hurt any linebacker in the in the league who is negotiating their deal at any point in the near future. So, an interesting stance there. Minnesota Vikings, uh, the defense is a question mark here, too. I know we, you and I talked about some of their banged-up pass rushers. Um, you know, they haven't really gotten a lot out of Daniel Hunter the last couple of years, and he was one of the best players in the league in terms of a pass rusher. And they signed a big contract uh, with Sedarius Smith, another edge rusher coming off back surgery. So on paper, this team is really, really good, but they need those guys to stay healthy. Yeah, I don't think their secondary is the strength of their team. As good as their overall roster is, they need a good pass rush. Mm -hmm. uh, Detroit Lions, our next team, well, if you haven't figured it out yet, we're going by division. Looky there. You know, I really thought with the Lions that this can't be a deal where, you know, in the way we have it written here on the lower third, if you're on YouTube, is can they have early season success? But what I mean by that is 
is it going to be a deal where they're one in five and everyone's saying, yeah, but Dan Campbell's guys are playing their hearts out. They, yep. they need to be better than one in five. You know, they, they need to get off. It'd be really great if they could get off to say a three and three start, get a little momentum. Don't just be the guys that are considered a tough out that everybody roots for. Yeah. And if they can, their end of the season schedule is really nice. Like starting in December, they've got games against the, the giants, the Jaguars, uh, the jets, the Panthers and the bears. Like if you can just hover around 500 in the first six, seven games of the season, who knows? Maybe they could be an actual playoff contender. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll see. That's a huge, maybe let's go to the NFC South, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, we've talked about this before and you don't want to make everything about Tom Brady, but our issue is related to Tom Brady. They've got a center that's out for the season. They've got a new left guard. You don't want pressure in Tom Brady's face and the bucks make no mistake. They're going for it. They're trying Mm -hmm. to win the super bowl. I don't know how you could go with anything else here. Yeah. They're going to have three new starters on the interior offensive line compared to what they had all of last season. Stuff and they've gotten a lot older at some spots. They lost Rob Gronkowski. They're relying on Julio Jones, who's at age 32 now. But yeah, it's the offensive line for me. Julio Jones's uh, former team, the Atlanta Falcons, and this one's pretty simple. Is this a bottom three roster in the league? And I, I don't know who do you put the Falcons roster over right now? Clearly over the Texans. And Seattle. That's it to me, though. That's not great, man. It's not. No, it's not good. But to for them, they're just trying to find building blocks, right? Who are the eight yes. guys that we can build around going into twenty twenty three? That's what this season's about. Uh, absolutely. And I, you know, look, they maybe. What if Marcus Mariota plays out of his mind? Maybe they got lucky, and there is a reason this guy was a number two overall pick. Obviously, him staying healthy for a full a full for a full schedule as a starter will be a real question mark for him. Uh, New Orleans Saints are up next. Speaking of quarterbacks staying healthy, Jameis Winston out right now, I think with a foot problem uh, in practice. But kind of in relation to him, the quarterback position, how did they replace Sean Payton? And by this, I don't mean, or we don't mean as a head coach, but really as as a coach that was intimately involved with the offensive game plan week in and week out. This is one of the best offenses in the last 20 years. Now, they did keep Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator, but still, Sean Payton's one of the best in the league at game planning and halftime adjustments. It's going to be tough. Uh, the last time we saw Dennis Allen as a head coach didn't go particularly well. I'm curious to see what he does uh, the second time uh, going around. Yeah, Pete Carmichael was not flying solo here on the Saints offense uh, last couple of years. So uh, Carolina Panthers round out the division. The Panthers have a lot of question marks. Marcus, we could have gone so many different directions here. I pose this one that can Christian McCaffrey hold up because I think at some point they're going to have to basically say, do we put him on a pitch count? I, I hate saying that about a guy that's supposed to be a marquee back, but they can't afford to have him out for 12 games or whatever it is. Yeah, this is pretty clearly your question here. Mine had to do with the oh. head coach, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I think if you're the Panthers, though, at this stage, you've you've paid Christian McCaffrey all this money. You might as well just ride him, right? Like, I'm not trying to conserve him touches for down the road. Just use him up. Yeah. Marcus wasn't trying to conserve Matt Rule either. His proposed no. question is, what week will Matt Rule get fired? And, I, and what week will he be doing the power ranking show with us? 
this year. I'm, I'm going to say by week <laughs> seven, he's going to be a, a guest on here. Well, with the huge money we're making, um, who could blame <laughs> us? Let's go to the Arizona Cardinals in the NFC West. Now, this is a, a, a different one because they're very similar to, to the Lions to me in a different way. The Cardinals have typically started fast. But how did they do that this year? Because if they don't, they're not making the playoffs because we've already seen what the trend is with this team at the back end of the schedule. Yeah, a lot of bad vibes coming out of Arizona right now between Kyler Murray's contract, all that, the, the homework clause. Hollywood Brown got arrested last week uh, after uh, sort of like a criminal speeding charge. DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first six games. They've got a bunch of injuries on their offensive line. Their secondary has been not good over the couple of years now. They need a fast. They have Rondale Moore. I think his A dot was like point one last year. Like every reception was at the line of scrimmage. I was trying to get you excited. Uh, The Rams certainly can't be excited about what's going on here. I mean, the key part of their team, as great as Aaron Donald is, look, the key part of the Rams was and is Matt Stafford. He's got elbow tendonitis. Tendonitis can be a very squirrely thing. And there's. There's kind of different degrees. It's different for every person. And with Matt Stafford, you're talking about his throwing elbow. Um, Marcus, this is not the way you want to go into the season. No, and you've already seen them kind of manage his snaps in training camp. No throws in team drills so far, all in one-on-one stuff. It's concerning, right? Because if he goes down for five weeks, that division is just too competitive for the Rams to, to lose games, you know, in that kind of a stretch. So we'll see. Not to mention repeating, never easy on top of that. Let's go to the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, with the 49ers, it's hard to get around quarterback. You know, I feel like the team is pretty much there. We can we can make some complaints about the secondary, certainly. But it's really how fast is Trey Lance going to get up to speed? I hope it's really quick because even if the Cardinals are mediocre, you still have the Rams in this division. Seattle always manages to play tough, even if they're a weaker mm-hmm. team. They can't afford to let, uh, for Lance to 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 be slow, so to speak. And, and how much do they have to scale back the offense? Right, I think with Jimmy Garoppolo, they had the entire offense available to him. But if Lance, because he's coming from an FCF school, hasn't played a lot of football, if they can only run twenty five different types of plays going to be easy for teams to kind of catch up to this offense. Sure. And when I say slow, I I really just mean in his development, you know, it's, it's, this is not a deal where they can wait eight, nine weeks. Now, the good thing for them is that the NFC just isn't that strong. If they were in the AFC, this would be a much larger problem, but we saw Trey Lance uh, play pretty tough against the Cardinals, but uh, that's the game. I think he got knocked out in, Mm -hmm. but he didn't play all that much last year as Jimmy G show. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, we're wondering if they can get to five wins, you know, but I don't really know what the plan is in Seattle, Marcus. I, I Are they going to be bad enough is what we went with? It's more, it's like, are they going to be bad enough to get in position to get one of the quarterbacks? That's really what really, this is right. about. Right, because I think Pete Carroll's mantra is always, we're going to be so competitive and we're going to scratch and claw wins. And I think they could, I think they could, you know, get six wins despite being one of the worst rosters in the NFL because Pete Carroll's brand of football does that. But this team so badly needs a top two or three pick. I'm just not sure they'll be able to get it. 
Yeah, I'm not either. And if they play tough and they win five or six games, they're going to play themselves right into the seven spot. And then you got to use a lot of capital to get up there. <clears throat> yes, even from spot seven, it takes a lot to get to spot two. Probably um, if you're, two first-round picks to go up from I'm, six to two or three to two. That's silliness. I would never pay that, but that's no. me. Uh, we, this isn't a draft podcast. Uh, let's go over to the AFC. We'll start with the Bills. And the Bills, this was a simple one for us, is really just are they the best team in football and will they play like it? Um, I don't know that you could say any team is unequivocally better than Buffalo, but Buffalo seems to play down to their competition sometimes. I know all teams do this at certain points of the season. Remember Cincinnati lost to the Jets last year, for example. I just feel like the Bills do it more than most or more than they should. Yeah, and it starts with the quarterback, right? There was just too many games last year where Josh Allen wasn't good enough. Uh, nine games where he had a, a yards per attempt below six. That's not great. That's Elliot. horrible. That, yeah. That's not great. That's horrible. Yeah. A, a yards not, per attempt under six is not good. Yeah, and he took a lot of sacks, and that doesn't count some of the fumbles he had. He needs to be a more consistent quarterback. We know his potential. We know what he can look like in big games. But those games against you know Pittsburgh, like in week one, where he was so bad and they ended up losing, Mm -hmm. you can't have those anymore. How about the New England Monday night game? Was it Monday night or Sunday night this year? They were they were horrible. Well, the the Jacksonville game, you, you lose six to nine to Jacksonville, and he was dreadful in that game. Those can't happen. Hey, do you know who sacked him in that game? Was it Josh Allen twice? <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. I tried to do my Ted Knight, and I was not able to do it. Sorry, it's it's my throat. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the Dolphins. I'm looking at we have what we have down, and I feel really bad about this one, but it really is about Tua. Uh, it you know. I proposed to you that we could talk about Mike McDaniel, but uh, you overruled me. And you're right. If if Tua is not the answer here, then this team's it's like they have to start over. And they've acquired the pieces to make him better. Yeah. And they're in a tougher, tougher position now, losing a first round pick next year uh, to go out and get another quarterback if they need one. But everything is in place, right? They've got the fastest wide receiver duo maybe in the history of the NFL. They upgraded their offensive line. The defense should be good. It's time. And they went and got Mostert in Edmonds to even help out at running back. I mean, they, they really, yes, they really bulked up the offense. I'm not as excited about Sony Michelle as you clearly are. He might be the drafting best him in like your, that's five. You're, you're drafting him in the second round and you're, <laughs> 88 team league. Okay, uh, let's go with the Jets. Do they get to seven wins? And I, I wanted to do this because Marcus, I, I'm, you know, I just don't kind of like the Lions. They're the AFC Lions. You know, they just can't be this team that occasionally gets a win over the Bengals and you get excited and they, you know, hey, they're playing tough. I think the Jets need to see noticeable improvement for Robert Sala, for Zach Wilson, uh, really for the whole organization. And I think I would have said yes to them going over seven wins before today when it was revealed that Makai Becton is going to be out the year. Well, out Big the loss, year with, man. Yeah, with a knee injury. The offensive line wasn't really good with him. I can't imagine they're going to be good without him. So it's a tough loss. Especially when one of your best draft picks was Brees Hall. You're hoping to get something out of the run game. He may not start for them, but they certainly are mm-hmm. going to use him. And then you lose one of your linemen 
this is not good at all for them. And they're not a team that can afford this because they don't have the talent to mitigate losses like that. Uh, the Patriots, I've heard that Mac Jones is struggling in camp, but that's not what we went with with the Patriots. We just pose a question, is this a playoff team or not? And I don't know that there's a more 50-50 bet than this one would be. Yeah, they made the playoffs last year, got smoked by Buffalo in the first round, and they lost a lot of talent. Now, New England is you know, notorious for finding guys and turning them into superstars, but this roster is, I think, the weakest they've had in the last 25 years. It's just not a good team. We'll see what Bill Belichick can do. Bengals, we think, are a good team, but are they going to have a Super Bowl hangover? They got their... You know, they can't just show back up and say, hey, we're better than everybody else. We can go out and make the playoffs again. You know, they played on a lot of emotion, blowing out the Ravens last year. Are they going to go into Baltimore and blow them out like that again? I don't think so. And then, of course, Joe Burrow's got the appendectomy. He should be mm -hmm. back, but a little bit of a complication there, at least for now. What do you think about the Bengals? I mean, they went, played a fourth-place schedule last year. All of a sudden, first-place schedule in the AFC North. The division should be even better this season. The conference is better. They're going to probably need to win at least 10 games to make the playoffs. I'm starting to have my doubts if the Bengals can make it even back to the playoffs this year. Yeah, and when they play Pittsburgh, they can't just tell their defensive backs, just wait for a two-yard throw behind the line of scrimmage every play. Uh, so there we go. There's my obligatory Steeler shot for Marcus's feelings. The Browns, can their defense live up to their potential? Now, this is one that you felt really strongly about. You've, you've been pretty disappointed with that side of the ball for Cleveland. Why is that? Because they might have the best defensive player in the league in Miles Garrett. They've got one of the best corners in Denzel Ward. They spent so many draft picks on that side of the ball. And there's far too many games where they just get blown out or teams are moving the ball up and down the field. Or the, the game that sticks with me really is the Week 17 game against Pittsburgh last year where mm -hmm. Najee Harris just ran all over them. And they could mm -hmm. not get a stop at all. If they're going to want to survive the first, let's say, six games of the season without Deshaun Watson, it's their defense that needs to carry them. It just hasn't done that enough over the last few years. And they're going to have to do it against Baltimore if Lamar Jackson returns to his 2019 form. That's the biggest question for the Baltimore Ravens. It's not that Lamar Jackson's been bad, but no. he wasn't available for them last year. And, and obviously they needed him. So part of being an MVP is obviously being able to play every week. But there's also a difference between being a really good, effective quarterback and being the MVP of the league. If he can return to that kind of form, I think they have the horses. I, I wish their, their pass rush was a little bit better. But if he's an MVP, I, this is a contender. And I actually want to see the offense go back to more what we saw in 2019, right? Where it's a lot of early down running, use a lot, play, you know, go for it on almost every fourth down, run the ball down the hill and kind of limit the amount of, you know, throws or, you know, third and line, nines. Like that, that's what they can't get into this year. Um, excited to see this Baltimore offense, though. I just want to see a coach one time in a press conference say, you know, we're looking forward to a lot of uphill running. Uh, okay, let's go to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> What's the goal here? This is a Marcus Mosher special said with a certain amount of malice, but I'm in agreement with you on this. I, the Steelers seem like they're kind of playing to be eight, eight and one, you know, they, they don't, it's kind of similar to Seattle. Are they going to be bad enough to, to kind of retool that team, but they're not going to be good enough to win this division I don't know what the goal is here. Are you just trying to be competitive? Are you trying to see if Mitch Trubisky has something salvageable? Yeah, and that's the question for me. If they're one and four, um, 
do they go to Kenny Pickett? Is the goal just to, to see what you have at the quarterback position? Or would you, at that point, let's say Trubisky's struggling, do you throw Mason Rudolph in there to try to get your season back on track? I don't know. I, I think everything Pittsburgh's done this offseason indicates they want to be competitive this year. They're not about trying to develop stuff for the long term or look for the future. They want to win right now. The Colts want to win right now, too. They are put up or shut up. That's our biggest question for them. And that simply means that, look, you know, the Frank Reich era, they've had a moderate amount of success. They made the playoffs, won a playoff game with Andrew Luck. They played a tough playoff game in Buffalo with Phillip Rivers. They've been a competitive team. But last year, it, there was really that that faltering at the end, which we have talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. They are clearly the best team in the AFC South. Are they going to play like it? Go, say, 11-6, and six, put that division away, and do something in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you and I both talked, or we talked about the, the Colts maybe winning that division this year, but I'm starting to have my doubts now, Elliot. I saw the report this morning that Darius Leonard, they're all pro linebacker. They're hoping to have him back at some point during the season. Not That's for week never one. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that makes me really nervous because he's so important to that defense. I don't know. Yeah, I remember in 96, I was a Cowboys fan living in Dallas, and the whole they, they had the whole year, it was at some point they're going to get Jay Novacek back. They're going to get Jay Novacek back because Eric Bjornsson was not Jay Novacek. And sure enough, in the playoffs, they really needed Jay Novacek. They didn't have any receivers. He never came back. It was a back problem. Whenever you hear an organization basically say, at some point we're hoping to get him back, uh, that's not good, and and Leonard's one of the better players in the league. Let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. This was another very, very easy one. Can Trevor Lawrence take a step forward? I think he Major will. step. It, it's just, yeah, how big is the step? I, I can't imagine it being worse than last year. It's just, does he go from being, let's say, the 30th best quarterback in the league to 16, or are we talking about him having a Joe Burrow-like jump where all of a sudden he's in our top seven quarterbacks in the NFL? I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. The Burrow comparison is an easy one to make. The problem is that Burrow got hurt his rookie year. Lawrence had the whole season. Now, in theory, that would work towards Lawrence being able to take a step forward because he had so much more experience than Burrow did going into year two. But that's a lofty goal to play like Joe Burrow. Or, did or maybe year. he has the, the Josh Allen uh, kind of leap that we saw. Allen's was in year three, right? His year two, he struggled quite a bit, but something like that. Yeah, but we, you know, we've had other quarterbacks that have had good rookie years that took a little step back their second year. Uh, Baker Mayfield comes to mind. Dak Prescott mm -hmm. comes to mind. You know, when things don't go well around you, sometimes you do have a sophomore slump. That happened to those guys. Of course, uh, Dak was able to recover. Baker uh, remains to be seen. The Houston Texans, I, I liked this one. This was yours. Uh, who are their building blocks? You know, who, who are the guys that they, they're going to look at this year and say, hey, we can build on that. We can build on that. Of course, everyone's hoping Davis Mills is one of those guys. Right. Yeah. The, for me, it's Nico Collins. Like, this is a six foot four receiver that had a nice rookie season. If he can develop into a good starter on the outside with Brandon Cooks, and then they drafted John Mechie, who, you know, they obviously hope, you know, beats his leukemia diagnosis and comes back onto the field in 2023. All of a sudden, the offense isn't in bad shape. Speaking of wide receiver, the reports out of Tennessee aren't good about their first round pick and they can't afford to have another bust. And this goes to a larger point with Tennessee, which is, are they due for a down year, even though they're in a weak division and you just mentioned the Colts uh, prospectively being weaker. 
I, it just doesn't look good to me for the Titans. I, I, I feel like uh, this is an eight and nine, maybe a nine and eight team at best. You and I both love Mike Frable. And if he can get this team to be like a 10 win team, it, it'll That'd be, be coach of the year stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he did it last year, right? Um, uh, the roster is just not good. The offensive line got really old really fast. They've got big questions at right tackle. Who's their stars on defense outside of like Kevin Byard and Jeffrey Simmons? Like they just they don't have a lot of talent there. I don't know. Their defensive line is going to have to win some games for them. Uh, really, their igniter last year when he played, when he was healthy, is in Philadelphia now, A.J. Brown. So yep. uh, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, ditto the Broncos, another team kind of like the Titans that <clears throat> – I'll say this. The outlook for the Broncos looked better for me as we headed in kind of to uh, training camp. Now I'm wondering if they're going to be able to be a playoff team. And as you ably pointed out on the phone, uh, where's the pass rush coming from? Yeah, I mean – Bradley Chubb uh, was injured last year, didn't play particularly well when he was healthy. Randy Gregory, very talented, hasn't practiced yet for, with them because of an injury. Um, you know, they're relying on players like Nick Benito and Baron Browning, two day two picks over the last two years. If they can't create a pass rush, they might be in trouble. Yeah, and you know I'm a Randy Gregory guy, but he has not always been available. Chubb showed flashes early on, and he just mm -hmm. has not uh, been available for them. Um those are huge question marks, really, uh, to be fair, because the Broncos are in by far the toughest division in the NFL. The Chargers, speaking of being in the toughest division in the NFL, <laughs> really, it's simple for them. You know, you can you can win 10 games, you can play close games, you can take risks, but are you going to make the playoffs or not? Are you are yeah. you going to give your give your young elite quarterback a chance to be in the tournament and duke it out the way Mahomes and Allen did in the divisional? Yeah, I mean. If the Chargers don't make the playoffs this year with their roster, Brandon Staley's not going to be the head coach in 2023. They've got to make the playoffs. I think that's like the bare minimum, right? I think they need to make a deep run into the playoffs, but now's the time. And go out and trade for Roquan Smith, Chargers. You could use them. Yeah, I mean, if your GM goes out and gets a corner, gets a pass rusher, uh, and, and re-signs the guys you need to re-sign, and you have a quarterback like that, that's the expectation, and it may not be totally fair in today's NFL, but in this league, Marcus. Can't wait. Sorry. I had to. I couldn't help it. You know, now the next one was mine. I don't think you love this one, but mine for Kansas City is the exact opposite. Do they miss the playoffs this year? This might be the year that their streak comes to an end because I see some holes here, some pretty major holes. Am I overreacting? Probably they have holes. Uh, this this roster is not as good as it was a couple of years ago. But you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Travis Kelsey. I think they have the best offensive line in the league. On top of one of the top two or three coaches in the league, they're probably not going to win 13 games like we're used to them doing every year. But 10, 11 wins still seems really likely. Well, I think what will help them is there's no way we're getting more than one playoff team out of the AFC South. Uh, the AFC North, we think, is going to be pretty tough, but if there's only two playoff teams out of the AFC North, maybe the Chiefs uh, get in there as a seven seed. I just don't see them winning the West this year. I and, hope and, I'm wrong. And there's a chance that we only get one out of the AFC East, right? If the Bills just dominate that division and they beat the yep. Patriots and the Dolphins twice, I mean, we could have three teams from the AFC West then. Right, and if I had to pick the three, it would be the Chargers, the Chiefs, and then this last team on our list, the Raiders, 
And this is one you've been harping on big time. How bad is this offensive line? Now they played in the preseason the other night. They were not, they played their starters. I think they, Mm -hmm. didn't they play four out of five starters? Yes. I was listening to, to, um, was it Ross Tucker? I think was talking about their offensive line the other day. And I, I know you think they're going to be bad. Is there any chance here that maybe you're underrating this group a little bit? Um, I mean, they have a lot of young players that they're relying on. So if those young guys, you know, take step, steps forward, I think that could help. Here's the thing with the Raiders. They're going to be bad on the offensive line. It's just how bad. Is it so bad that they can't run their offense? Or is it just bad enough where, hey, we might need to keep Josh Jacobs on the field to help pass protect a little bit more, use some more two tight end sets? Because if that's the case, I still think this could be one of the top two or three offenses in the NFL. Yeah, you're not leaving Waller in to max protect. No. But there's no point in having Renfro, Waller, and Devontae Adams if you can't buy Derek Carr the time to have at least some seven-step drops occasionally you know, right. and get the ball down the field. It's just, hey, can we survive with six guys blocking or do we need to have seven in there? Do we need to make our routes shorter? Like, That's the difference in how bad the offensive line might be. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they do in a division, like we said, that is totally stacked. But those are our question marks for all the 32 teams as we head deeper into the preseason as we go into the season. I know some different things are going to emerge, like like we said, with the very first team on our list, the Cowboys. I can guarantee the Cowboys fans right now are not sitting here thinking about, will the defense carry the offense? They're thinking that they're going to lose about three close games because of the kicker and mm-hmm. you know you could make that case for about four or five teams on our list we didn't mention kicker for any of these but i think the league is going to be so competitive this year i don't think we're going to have any dominant teams this year i really don't yeah it feels like we're going to have 12 really really good teams though yeah hey, if you get to 11 wins this year that's going to be a really good sign yes. that should be enough to win your division and when when 11 and 6 wins the division you probably won some games with your kicker. I just think it's going to be tighter. Maybe Buffalo will surprise me and go 14 and three. That sounds so weird. Their schedule's they, tough though. They've got that first place schedule at the AFC uh East. So I I don't think so. Would you still think say that they're the best team in the league? I've got the best roster. Yeah. Well, that's a cop out. Well, to me, I, I I think they've got the best roster. I still think that, that the Rams are the best team, though. All right. So if all of our listeners are going to go watch one musical, this is I'm giving you your final thought with a clear direction. I, I had a different final thought, but go ahead. It's fine. Yeah, all right. So you get two final thoughts. So one of our listeners is driving around in their Miata. And, uh, you know, they're I don't know why I picked a Miata. And they're listening to you. And they're like, I don't like musicals. If if you had to say, okay, you got to start with this musical, which one is it? First of all, happy birthday to Deion Sanders. You can go watch him on YouTube. Uh, Must oh be God. the money. What is that? Have to, oh, my great, gosh. Great song. Uh, but the best musical of all time. Your uh, worship of him is so well, I'm just misguided. saying happy 55th birthday. No, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, ooh, that's a tough one. I would say Les Mis probably. but Les Mis? I, yeah, that's my favorite. I now, never listen, watched... I, Predators with Adrian Brody. Then listen, I understand Les Mis is not for everybody, but you got to at least give it an hour to, to kind of work its way into itself because it, it does. I'd rather get watch good. Flight of the Intruder. Sorry, that's like a movie I had does, on VHS. Does Lion King Lion King count as a musical? I never I saw Lion King. I never saw what? it. I, well, the problem was I got sick of that Elton John song. They played the crap out of that song, like in 1992. It's a, are you it's the only okay. person in the world to to not? 
see no, the Lion but King? don't you ever hear a good song and then it's just so played that you're like, oh my gosh, you know? What if you had to hear uh, Meet Me Halfway by Kenny Loggins so many times that you wouldn't go see Over the Top? Uh, I'd still watch it. Great movie. Sure. <laughs> Saw the drive-in, by the way, when I was uh, like, All right, what's your yeah. final thought? Let's get that out of here. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll just give you my football card. Last one I pulled. You ready? The song yeah, I'm ready. Ready? Yeah. Ronnie Lott with the Raiders in 91. Okay, so I think he made the Pro Bowl that year. Does it say? I think that might have yes. been his last year he made the yes. Pro Bowl. So he was a plan B free, free agent acquisition. That's where, like, all the teams in the league, they had, I want to say they had 43-man rosters, and they left, like, the final five guys on their roster unprotected. Mm-hmm. And some of those worked out. The Raiders signed Roger Craig and Ronnie Lott that year. But I mentioned Jay Novacek earlier on the podcast. That's how the Cowboys got Jay Novacek in 1990 as a plan B cast off from the then Phoenix Cardinals. And so some of those turned out well. That was not full-blown pre, uh, free agency, though. That would come a couple years later. It's a good-looking card, though. Yeah, eight interceptions for Ronnie Lott, 1991 with the Raiders. You know, I know I told you I'd give you uh, the final thought, but I got to make a final thought on your final card poll. So you always get mad about DeMarcus Ware not making the Hall of Fame. And we haven't said anything about the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame was this past weekend. I'll make this quick. But the fact that Darren Woodson can't get hardly a sniff is infuriating. And the problem is, is that the Hall of Fame, and I know this, I've been part of the process. I can speak authoritatively on this. They weigh way too much on who's on the all-decade teams. Number one, if a guy played from, say, 1975 to 1985, it's very hard to make an all-decade team because his his body of his career went over two different decades. If you look at the all-decade team of the 90s, Marcus, at safety, they put Ronnie Lott in there. By 1991, Ronnie Lott was not getting around as good. He was more of an enforcer. He was not somebody that you wanted to have caught in coverage. Darren Woodson clearly should have been on that team, but the all decade voting a lot of times came down to name brand voting. And it's like I said, it's so frustrating because as much as I think Leroy Butler was great and I voted for Leroy Butler, Darren Woodson was every bit as good, if not better. And Brian Dawkins said that's who he patterned his game after was uh, Darren Woodson. And I remember I was working with Jason Seahorn and I asked him who was the best guy on that Cowboy team. And he told me he thought Troy, Emmett, and Michael were all a little bit overhyped, but Darren mm. Woodson was the real man, the real guy on that team that didn't get the 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 kind of status he should have. Last thing on this. The Cowboys used to on third down when teams would play three wide, because they didn't play four wide except for like the Oilers and Falcons back in the 90s. So let's say the Giants are playing the Cowboys and they put Chris Calloway out there at third receiver. The Cowboys didn't have to sub. Mm-hmm. Darren Woodson would just walk up from the safety position and cover the guy in the slot. Now, how many teams right now could just walk up their safety and cover the guy in the slot? Only a couple, right? Only a couple guys in the entire league could do that. Yep. I know Honey Badger did it early on with Arizona and he's a great safety, but there's a reason why Honey Badger is also one of the most revered players in the mm-hmm. league. And he has way more notoriety than Darren Woodson. And I'm, I just had to get that off my chest. No, okay. Good point. You're free Darren, to go. Darren Woodson and DeMarcus Ware in the Hall of Fame together. Let's do it. Well, it'd be really nice to see a 28 jersey behind you, but you insist on going with what you go with. You can get we more hot Cowboys opinions. 
you can get more hot cowboys opinions and takes like i said earlier and i'm going to say it again because it's a good podcast locked on cowboys with landon mccool marcus here is the host of that show he also covers the writers for usa today you can catch him at marcus underscore mosher on twitter i'm at harrison nfl on twitter and uh, hey we'll talk to you guys in a few days take care everybody